Good morning. It has been a difficult and emotional week for many of us. Um, yesterday we had the memorial service here for Luann Marple. I want to thank all of you who have done so much um, for Luann's family and her loved ones during this time. And I have to tell you that there's great comfort and peace in being able to be here together to worship our God and be together with family after this kind of week. These beautiful flowers that you see around are from Luann's service. Appropriately, most of them are pink and purple, her favorite colors. Um, so I really would ask that you continue to keep Luann's loved ones in your prayers in the, in the weeks to come as they continue to mourn her loss. I also want us to look forward a little bit. Um, there's some things coming up that you need to know about. In a couple of weeks will be our annual baby celebration Sunday. On this Sunday, we celebrate and we honor the babies that were born in 2016, and we celebrate and honor their families. And as a part of that, we will have a combined worship service followed by a potluck on that Sunday in two weeks. So this early service will not meet in two weeks. We'll have Bible class at the regular time at 10 o'clock and then a combined worship service at 11 o'clock. And then we'll have a potluck over in the gym after that. So please be planning for that. I also want to let you know that we are just three weeks away from the annual couples retreat in Durango, Colorado. If you are planning on going on that retreat, you need to let me know as soon as possible. There are just a few rooms left, and I need to know about that so we can make arrangements with a hotel. You can find more details about that couple's retreat on the back of your bulletin. You can also ask me any questions that you might have about that couple's retreat. So if you're looking for a good time, a a getaway, uh, some quality time with your husband or your wife, this is a, a wonderful thing to participate in, usually about 30 to 30 Five couples um, are up there um, enjoying Durango together, enjoying each other together. So please let me know about that. I want to let you know that one of the exciting things about Sundays for me is the fact that I never know for sure who's going to be here. And part of that is the anticipation of getting to meet new people. Every Sunday here at Netherwood Park, almost without exception, some people show up that I've never met before. They come here to worship with us, and that's exciting. And if you're one of those people who are here for the very first time, or if you have visited before and you're back again, we truly want to let you know that we are thrilled that you are here. We are thrilled to be able to welcome you as our guest here today. And as our guest, there are some things that you need to know about us. There are some things that you need to know about this church. We want you to know that we as a church believe in the transforming power of God's word. That's why you'll hear us talk about Project 9K. Project 9K is our Bible reading challenge here at Netherwood Park. We have challenged ourselves collectively as a congregation to read at least 9,000 books of the Bible in 2017. And if you haven't already joined us in that challenge, we would love to have you join us in the Project 9K Challenge. I want to give you an update about that. So far this year, we have reported to us 111 books of the Bible read. So we have a good start. I know a lot of people are in Genesis and Exodus, some of those longer books. So things don't move real quickly here at the beginning, but the pace will continue to pick up. So this is a very good start. We also want you to know that we, as a church, believe very strongly in prayer. We believe that prayer is powerful and prayer is effective. That's why we are a praying congregation 
And that's why you'll find these green prayer request cards in a rack in front of you. You need to know if you have a prayer request, if you have a, a need that you need that needs to be prayed for, we want to know that there's a way for that to happen. Whether you're a guest here or you are a member here, if you have a need you'd like this congregation to lift up in prayer, or if you have a need that you'd like just the elders of this congregation to lift up in prayer, we encourage you to fill out one of these prayer request cards. And then drop it in one of the collection boxes. You can find two of them at the back of the auditorium. You can find one through these double doors. And if you'll do that, you can be certain that we will honor your prayer request. In fact, if you will do that, you can know that your prayer request will go out to literally hundreds of people who are prepared to pray for you. There's something else that you need to know about us. You need to know that we as a church and as a leadership believe in believers' baptism. Baptism by immersion in water. See, we believe that it's through baptism that we are buried with Jesus so that we too may arise alive and live a new life in Jesus. So if you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you haven't been baptized, we would love to talk to you about that. And to let us know that you'd like to have that conversation, all you need to do is turn that green card over to the back where it says next steps. Fill out your contact information, check the box about wanting to have a conversation about baptism, and one of our ministers or one of our elders will contact you right away and we'll have that conversation. And finally, the thing that you need to know about us is that we strongly encourage all Christians to place membership with a local congregation. See, we believe in the importance of being a part of a church. We believe in the importance of being a part of a family, a family of Christians. And we believe that there is great value in formally declaring that you belong to a church and you want to be led by its eldership. So if you've been attending here for a while and you haven't made that declaration that you want to be a part of this church and be led by its eldership, I want to encourage you to do that. You can do that on that same green card. If you just fill out your contact information and check the box about wanting to know about being a member of this church. And again, one of our ministers or one of our elders will contact you right away to have that conversation. In fact, just last week, we had several people who did that. Several people who declared that they wanted to be identified as members of this church family. One of them is here with us in the early service. Nita Ward is here. She placed membership. Nita, if you wouldn't mind, would you stand for just a a moment so people will know who you are? Thank you. Welcome. If you don't know, Nita is Melissa Granados' mom, um, and so that gives her a great standing with us here. So we welcome you, Nita. Thank you for being a part of us. We look forward to walking alongside you as we serve Jesus together. Again, welcome. Well, we're going to talk about Jesus Christ today, and before we do that, let's pray. Father, we are humbled to be able to come into your presence. Father, we are humbled to know that you hear our prayers. And Father, we are humbled when we realize that you sent your Son to the earth as a man to redeem us, to set us free. And Father, thank you for that great gift. Thank you for your son. Thank you for the word made flesh. 
And it's in his name we pray, Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. Well, you know, the beginning of any story is really important. If you don't engage your audience from the very beginning of the story, you risk losing your audience and you risk never getting them back again. So Matthew and Luke open their gospel accounts with the most incredible baby story that anyone has ever heard. They open their accounts with the miracle story of the birth of the Christ child. And Mark, in contrast, opens his gospel at full gallop. He opens his gospel with this camel hair wearing, insect eating prophet that's out in the wilderness baptizing people in the Jordan River. But John opens his gospel, his very different gospel, in a very different way. John opens his gospel with echoes from the beginning of another great story, with echoes of the creation story. John opens his gospel with echoes from Genesis chapter 1. Listen from Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, and God said, Let there be light. And there was light, and God saw that it was good. That's a great beginning, isn't it? We picture the earth without any shape, without any form at all. There's complete emptiness. There's complete darkness. And the very Spirit of God is hovering in the darkness over the waters. There's no doubt in this story that God's on the move. There's no doubt in this story that God is about to act. There's no doubt that something big is about to take place. Something dramatic, something creative is about to happen. And then we hear God speak. Let there be light. And with his very words, God brought light out of darkness. With his very words, God brought structure out of the chaos. With his words, he brought life to emptiness. With his words, he brought light to the darkness. See, it's the word of God that brings everything into existence. So listen to the echoes of that story, the creation story, as John opens his gospel story. John chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. And there came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. And he came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all people might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. And he was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. 
Yet, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. That's also a great beginning. As John opens his gospel account, we have this mystery. The mystery of the word. Not a mystery of a word or a mystery of some words, but mystery of the word. The word that's been with God from the very beginning. The word that not only has been with God, but is God. The word through whom everything that has been created was created. The word. The word that not only gives life, but is life. The word that not only gives light, but is light. There's no doubt that God is on the move. There's no doubt that God is acting. And there's no doubt that something big, something dramatic, something creative is happening. See, God isn't just speaking his word. God is sending his word. God is sending life. God is sending light. God is sending Jesus. Jesus, the very word of God, is now in the world that he created Jesus, who is God, is now here. He's here in the flesh. As most of you know, we recently completed a sermon series out of the book of Malachi. And Malachi and God's other prophets had a lot to say, lots of words to say. And they had a lot to say because they were God's spokespersons. And they had a lot to say because God had a lot to say to his people. And when you read through your Bibles during this year, you'll see that prophet after prophet after prophet spoke word after word after word to God's people. And the striking and tragic thing about all those words is that God's people still didn't get it. They still didn't understand who God was. They still didn't understand what God wanted from his people. And as John opens his gospel, it isn't with just more words. See, John tells us that God is at work. But God isn't choosing to increase the volume with more words. God isn't choosing to yell louder at his people in the hope that they'll finally get it. No, instead, by sending Jesus, by sending the word... What God chooses to do is to decrease the distance between him and his people. In Jesus, God chooses to decrease the distance between us and our Lord. See, John tells us that Jesus didn't come to bring more words about God. No, Jesus came to bring God. The word of God made flesh came into our world. John tells us that Jesus, the word made flesh, lets us see who God really is. 
Jesus, who is God made flesh, gives us the ability to finally get it. And because John knows that we aren't always the sharpest tools in the shed, John, throughout his gospel, is going to do something for us. He's going to repeatedly call our attention to Jesus. John will repeatedly point to Jesus. He'll point to Jesus and describe Jesus and explain Jesus. He'll do that so we can get it. So that we can get to know God by getting to know God in the flesh. And so among many other things, John will make sure that we understand that Jesus is the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. And you know, for you and me, that may not mean much. But for Jewish people who had spent their lives commemorating and celebrating the Passover, calling Jesus the Lamb of God was full of meaning. It was full of significance. You probably know, but Passover was an annual observance of how God rescued his people from Egyptian slavery. You probably know the story. God sent Moses to the king of Egypt. He sent him to Pharaoh to demand freedom for his people. And even though God unleashed a series of horrific plagues on Egypt, Pharaoh still wouldn't release his slaves. He wouldn't release them, that is, until God brought death to all the firstborn children of Egypt. And Passover celebrates how God spared the firstborn children of Israel. His chosen people. Israel, in obedience to God, each of the family sacrificed a lamb. And they spread its blood on their doorpost. And God's angel passed over those houses and spared their children. So when John points to Jesus as the Lamb of God, John wants to make sure that we understand that Jesus is the Lamb of God. He makes sure we don't miss this direct link to Passover. John wants to make sure that we understand that Jesus, that God in the flesh, came to this world as a rescuer. He came to this world as a liberator. He came to this world as a life giver and a life saver. John wants to make sure that we understand that Jesus came to this world in the flesh to set us free. Well, John also points to Jesus as the Son of God. He wants to make sure that we don't miss the fact that Jesus is the very Son of God. John wants to make sure that we understand that Jesus not only exists as God, he also exists in relationship to God. So when John points to Jesus as the Son of God, he's pointing to Jesus' relationship to God the Father. Being a son can mean lots of different things, can it? It can mean a lot of different things to lots of different people. And for the Jews in John's audience, sonship was all about the son. It was all about what the son did. So in Jewish thinking, a true son is a son who does what the father tells him to do. A true son is an obedient son. But for the Greeks in John's audience, they had a very different take on sonship. For Greeks, sonship was all about the father. 
in Greek thinking, sonship is all about your origin. So you don't belong, become a son of the gods by doing what the gods tell you to do. No, you're a son of the gods because the gods gave birth to you. But John does something interesting. In John, sonship is about both of those things. So John tells us that Jesus is the son of God because he is obedient to his father. John will tell us that Jesus is the true son of God because he does the will of his father. But we'll also see that Jesus is the Son of God because He is the very essence of God. He's God's own flesh. He is God in the flesh. Jesus, in every sense of the word, is the Son of God. So when John opens his gospel account talking about the word, he isn't talking about some idea that's breaking into the world. He's not talking about some new philosophy that's being introduced to the world. No, when John talks about the word, he's talking about a person. He's talking about God in the flesh. He's talking about Jesus, the Lamb of God, the Son of God. He's talking about the Son of God who came to fully reveal his Father to all mankind. And Jesus, as God's word made flesh, Jesus didn't come to the world to bring wisdom. Jesus is wisdom. And Jesus didn't come to the world to bring truth. No, Jesus is truth. And Jesus didn't come to the world to bring love. No, Jesus is love. Jesus came to the world as the word. And he came to reveal his father. He came to reveal God to all mankind. So over the next couple of months, as we dig deeply into John's gospel, we need to ask the question, what does this all really mean for us? What should we be looking for as we read and study and we explore John's gospel together? Well, I want all of us to look at Jesus in John's gospel, expecting to receive revelation. Not some supernatural revelation, but the revealing of who God is. This should be a time of revelation for us all. It should be a time when God is revealed to us all. Because John, throughout his gospel, will tell us, if you want to see God then look at Jesus. And John will tell us, if you want to know God, and we all want to know God, if you want to know God, John will tell us, then you need to get to know Jesus. Because it's his son who reveals his father. And God wants us to see him. And God wants us to know him. And God didn't raise the volume with just more words. No, God decreased the distance with the word, with Jesus Christ, the word in the flesh. John will tell us that through Jesus Christ, God is speaking our language. 
He's speaking our language in the flesh. He speaks our language through the word made flesh. So John's inviting us into his gospel. Not to just read more words. But he's inviting us into his gospel to see and to know the word. Because when we see and know the word. When we see and know Jesus Christ. When we see and know the son of God. The lamb of God. Then Jesus Christ invites us into the same kind of relationship with the father that he has. Jesus invites us to be true sons and daughters of God. John 1, verse 12. To all who receive him, to those who put their faith in his name, he gives the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. He invites us. Jesus invites us. And he gives us the right to be fellow children of the Father. How amazing is that? How amazing is it to be given the right to be true sons and daughters of God? So John invites us to see that we can be true sons and daughters of God. We can be true sons and daughters of God by being obedient to our Father, by placing our faith in His Son. And John also invites us to grasp that we can be true sons and daughters of our Father, not just because we are obedient, not just because we've placed our faith in His Son, but by placing our, our faith in His Son, we have been given the very essence of God. We are sons and daughters of God because we have been born of God. We're sons and daughters of God not just because of what we have done, but because of what God has done for us. Done for us through His Son. Done for us through the Word made flesh. And as we read John, this is his story. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. And John invites us to know the God who Jesus is. Let's pray together. Oh, Father, we want to know you. And Father, we want to see you. So, Father, open our eyes and open our hearts as we Read John's gospel. Father, help us to be truly pointed to your son, Jesus Christ. Help us to see him so that we can see you. Help us to know him so that we can know you. And Father, I pray that we will all accept the invitation to be true sons and daughters of yours. Help us be obedient. Father, help us to live as your children. Father, you are holy. Thank you for blessing us. We pray this through the name of Jesus. Amen. So as we end, I do want to invite you over the next several months to dig deep in the gospel of John with me. Let's dig deeply in it together. I want to invite you to see God. To see God by looking at Jesus. And I want to invite you to come to know God. 
by coming to know Jesus. I want to invite you to know the word made flesh and know that he is victorious. So let's stand, let's sing about our victory in Jesus, the word made flesh.